Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. Today, um, I believe if the Holy Spirit continues with what I think he's going to be doing, I always have that, that caveat there, um, I'm starting a series called Dare to Believe. Dare to Believe. Amen. Um, this sermon today is called Believing is Receiving. Believing is Receiving. It's not just believing about something, but it's believing that you're actually accessing something. So um, I, I've been increasingly getting frustrated with seeing how much sickness has been going on around us, um, in our families, in our church, in the communities. And I, I just know that Jesus paid a higher price for greater things than what we're seeing in the moment. And so we want to tap into the more of what he's already paid for. Amen. So believing is receiving. That's what I'm going to be talking about today. Um, I, I know that there's a lot of breakthroughs. We're not just focusing on healing, but simply the fact that Jesus has already paid the price. He's already got a lot of great things in store for us in heaven that he wants to release into our lives right here on this earth. And what the gap often is between us experiencing it and knowing that it's there is faith and accessing it, okay? So I really feel in my heart that I want to spend some time um, cultivating a belief system in us where we're, I, I think most of us probably already have a lot of the belief system, but, the, but honing in our intentionality with it, okay? So I want to, I just really want to go after breakthroughs, but I'm going to stimulate, I hope, I'm going to stimulate faith and expectancy in us. So how many of you guys know that God is moving, He's moving. He's moving more than you think he is. And we, we sing that song, The Waymaker, where it's, it says, even when I don't see it, you're moving. Even when I don't feel it, you're moving. And sometimes he's moving in ways that we don't know, but the, God is moving. Like, we want him to be moving in our lives. But the question I would say is, is not, is God moving, but are you receiving what he's doing? Okay? So most of us, uh, I, th- I think some people struggle with, um, beliefs of can God do it, and I think a lot of us believe he can do it, and some people might struggle with will God do it or does he want to do it, and I think a lot of us believe that he does want to, but I think that where the disconnect often is, and I'm talking about any of us, right, can be, is, is, it, a, is it a matter of do you believe that you are receiving it, okay? We, I think a lot of us can believe that he would do it, that he wants to do it, that he is it. It's not a question on his side of the equation. The question is on our side. Am I receiving it? Do I believe that I'm accessing it? That's what I want to go after today. So a lot lot of people's faith is present but passive faith. And we need to have active faith where we're actually – putting ourselves into it, we're being intentional, we're grabbing a hold of what we're believing, and we're connecting with God with that. So um, it's, it's a matter of uh, not just believing about God or believing in God about something, 
but believing that God is actually bringing it to you right now. Okay? It's, 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 we, need to, we need to draw on God as if we know that our need is coming forth, even when we're not seeing it or feeling it. Come on, guys. A lot of people believe that God can heal, okay? But a lot of people have sicknesses or something, and, and they're just kind of accepting it, like maybe believing, like, I shouldn't have this, but, but a lot of people aren't actually engaging with the fight of the faith to contend, to lay hold of what God has paid for and accessing it and actually walking it out from start to finish. So um, they're, they're with, with a lot of people, and, and I'm saying me sometimes too, like I, sometimes it ebbs and flows with how much I'm putting myself into it, but, um, but sometimes there's just little to no intentionality with faith. It, we can say all we want, I believe God can heal, or I believe God will do this, or I believe he will, such and such and such, because his word says it, but, but, the, but the question is, am I actually being intentional with connecting with him, with, with going to him and believing who he is in it, and believing that right now I am accessing the receiving of it, okay? This is important, guys. I'm, I'm honestly excited to be teaching this today because I feel like it's foundational for going after the kingdom breakthroughs for miracles. Who wants to see more miracles? Come on. We're going to see them, but we have to walk this out. So we're, gonna, we're focusing our faith Believing is receiving. Everybody say, believing is receiving. Okay? It, it doesn't mean that believing is that somebody's giving something to you. No, believing is actually the act of receiving. Like, I'm going to be intentional with my faith to connect with God's will on something and actually believe it's coming to me. It's, it's actually a matter of expectancy, okay? If you guys can turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 11, um, I'm going to be reading out of that, and we're going to dive deep into some things that Jesus said. Mark 11, I'm going to start with verse 12. All right. Mark 11, verse 12. Jesus and his disciples had, had just arrived to the Jerusalem area. Um, and they went and visited Jerusalem and the temple and stuff. And then they, they went back to where they were staying in Bethany. And so in verse 12 is where I'm picking up. It says, Now the next day when they had come out of Bethany, he was hungry. Jesus was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. Now, real quick, I just want to say, I know there's a lot of theological things that people want to connect to this, and, but, that's, but a lot of the things that people want to connect, whether it's like a prophetic picture of Israel or different things, I'm not going there today because that's not what the focus is, all right? But I'll, I'll get to where our focus is. Verse 14, in response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. 
All right? So Jesus saw this fig tree. It was out of season for fruit, but it had leaves on it, which was out of season, I think, even for the leaves. So leaves should mean fruit. But Jesus saw it didn't have fruit, and so he, he cursed it. He said, he said, let nobody eat of you again. Okay? And then let's skip down to, to verse 20. I'm going to read through verse 25. <clears throat> now in the morning, so this is the next day, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed was withered away. Verse 22, so Jesus answered and he said to him, what? No way, dude. Are you serious? It actually worked? No, no, that's not what he said. I think that's what we would have said, but that's not what Jesus said, all right? Jesus replied to him, he said, have faith in God, all right? He said, have faith in God. That is so important. Jesus cursed this tree, and he knew that what he would speak was going to happen, but Jesus didn't say, have faith that you have the power to do this thing. He also didn't say, have faith in your faith. He didn't say, have faith that your words are going to get everything done that you want to. No, he said, have faith in God. All right? That's what he said, have faith in God. And so uh, to Jesus, I want you to notice that when Jesus and his dudes were going back into town, and they all saw that the fig tree was withered up and, and died. It, it wasn't Jesus who stopped to go check it out. Did it work? Did it work? All right? Jesus wasn't like, man, I hope that what I did actually happened. Let me go check it out. Jesus was on his way to where he was going and didn't even pay any attention until Peter came and said, Jesus, look what happened. And Jesus is like, he's not like, dude, no way. He's like, have faith in God. Like to Jesus, he spoke something and he knew something was going to happen, had no doubt. It was settled in his heart. It was done. He didn't even need to go check it out. He was just on his way. That's some faith right there, isn't it? Yeah. I also want to point out that Jesus didn't put his faith in himself. He put his faith in his Father. Okay? So he, he didn't take credit for what happened, he turned the attention to God and off of himself. So it wasn't a matter of Jesus be, being able to put a notch on his belt, look what I just accomplished. No, he did something, but he gave all credit to God. I, I, I believed, and God showed up and did it. You guys seeing this? Yeah. All right. So the focal point to Jesus is not our faith. All right? Faith is important, but that is not the focus here. The, the focus is not our faith. It's not even having faith on your act of faith. You know, he spoke to the tree. So his faith was not even on the act of faith. All right? And his faith, he, he's, his focal point is not even having faith in your faith. Okay? And I think a lot of people focus a lot on, in the faith movement of faith in faith. I'm not saying all the teachers do. I'm just saying that that's where people can go when we get our eyes on the wrong thing. The, the goal here is not to, not to get faith 
for you to have more faith, all right? Jesus said, have faith in God. Can I hear an amen to anybody? Come on. I need to make sure that you guys are awake this morning. All right, so Jesus is saying the focal point is having faith in God, all right? And so he's not focusing on us conjuring up more faith. I think sometimes we put pressure on ourselves to conjure up more faith to see a result, okay? All right? Now, faith is important, and it is something that grows if we exercise it and, and use it rightly and well. But the point is not, like, faith is not the goal. God is. And, we're, and faith is, is a way for us to, it's, it's not like the, the main thing to God. Faith shouldn't be viewed as the, as the, the rival point. It's the access to him. He's the arrival point, okay? So faith is like reaching out and touching. That's what the faith is, reaching out and touching. I'm not, when I reach out and touch God, I'm not going to um, walk away from that celebrating, look at me reaching out and touching God. No, I'm going to focus on God. Whoa, look how amazing God is. He's powerful, and he, he's here, and he did it. Amen? So the credit doesn't go to it. It's not, it's not about... How, like, focusing on the faith is focusing on him. That's my point here. So we, we want to focus on knowing God, knowing his nature of who he is as a person, believing who he is, all right? So it's knowing him and believing who he is. So faith is not the object of focus God is, all right? Some people try to, oh, I'm, I'm going to move on from that. I already said that. Uh, God just simply wants us to believe him, okay? You guys all right? Trying to simplify this a little bit, okay? Faith is believing that God is who he says he is. That's faith. Believing that God is who he says he is and believing that he will do what he says he will do. Amen? Amen? Faith is choosing to believe God and expecting him to show up, all right? I think that often where our faith kind of stays into the choosing to believe God, but we don't enter into the expecting him to show up part. And that's the part that we need to see the results we're looking for. Anybody doing all right? Okay, just making sure. I have, to, I have to put my thermometers out here just to see if we're doing good. Faith is, faith is trusting that God is faithful and true, okay? It's trusting that he is faithful and true. All right, when, when Peter walked on the water, he did not take time to evaluate his faith level. Do I have enough faith to get out and walk on the water? I don't know. And then he goes introspective. Do I have what it takes to do that? He did not do that. He saw Jesus walking on the water, and he needed to get to Jesus, and he knew that Jesus and he were in it together. All right, so there's the intimate connection that God's inviting us into in our belief that when I step out in faith, I'm doing it, and I'm able to do it because he's there, and he's bringing us together in this. Amen. This is good stuff, in my opinion. Faith is passive when we simply... Just believe in him, but we don't have expectations, okay? 
And so we, we must believe with expectancy that what we're praying for or believing for, that he's going to move on our behalf. Why would he do it? Because he loves you. Somebody gave me a Shoney's mug. I'll have to show it to you guys sometime soon. It's like a, I'm going to pull it out when, in the moments when I'm wondering if you guys are starting to dream of lunch. I'll just pull that thing out, take a drink of it. Rod Parsley, is a, he's a pastor from Columbus, Ohio. I went to his Bible college back in the day. And a phrase that he says, or at least used to, that stuck with me for my life, he says the atmosphere of expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles. And I'm going to say that again. The atmosphere of expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles. So the more that together in unity, community, like this koinonia fellowship, we, we come and we show up together believing that God's going to show up. I've got expectations, and, and we're partnering in faith together, expectancy, and it creates this atmosphere where we're all believing and expecting something to show up. That's where God can show up and do things that you could never do on your own. Come on. So let's go to verse 23. <clears throat> All right, Jesus said, have faith in God. Now let me, let me bust out the rest of this passage, and I'll go back more. Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Everybody say, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Everybody say it again. Believe that you receive them. Believe that you receive. That's huge. Verse 25. And whenever you stand praying... If you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you, you your trespass. 26. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. All right, I want to go back now, and I want to break some things down. Uh, Mark eleven twenty three. <clears throat> Jesus says, For assuredly, I say to you. That word assuredly, I'm pretty sure in other translations, is where you'll say verily, verily, or truly, truly, right? The, the Greek word of, of the assuredly is amen. It's amen. So be it. The, the Greek word amen doesn't just simply mean this is how you close out a prayer nicely. The amen. It actually has deep meaning. Okay? It means that you're putting your faith on something in agreement with it. Okay? You're, you're, it's saying truly this. It's saying this is firm. This is trustworthy. So be it. When somebody says amen, it's supposed to actually be saying, I am with you in this, and I'm believing this will happen. Amen. amen. <laughs> Come on. And so if Jesus is getting ready to say something, he starts off saying Amen. He's saying, I amen what I'm getting ready to tell you right now. So be what I'm getting ready to say. Let this thing be firm for you. 
believe it, have expectancy on what I'm getting ready to say, that it is powerful and it will happen. Come on. So he says, he says, amen, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart. Everybody say, does not doubt in his heart. But believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Have faith in God. Come on. So I want to I just pause and give us a caveat real quick on this. Jesus is telling you that if you believe what you're going to say, it's going to happen. He says if you don't have doubt in your heart and you believe what you're saying, it's going to happen. I want to give a caveat here. Okay? A caveat. That's what I used to think that was. I fixed it when people started making fun of me for my, the way I say things. <laughs> when you have a microphone, you get the, the spotlights on you a lot bigger with all your errors, right? <laughs> Here's the caveat to these things. The will of God, all right? If you're trying to call things and you expect God to come and show up in power, but it's not in accordance with his will... Guess what? God's not going to come into partnership and violate his own will. So it's all in the, in the, in the alignment that, that it's what he wants, right? We can't go against his will on this stuff and see it happen. And, and it's always in context also when, when Jesus is teaching you how to pray things or believe things and they're going to happen. It's always in context with you having an intimate relationship with God that's surrendered to him. And there's lots of different places where he's talking about you pray this and believe and God will come and do it. You look around it and you're seeing it's in context with you have a fruit-bearing life or you're, you got the word in your heart or, or all, all these things. It's talking about how you have union intimacy with God because you have that kind of relationship. You've got favor with him and you're going to move his heart where, thing, where you believe for things. You guys hear me on that? So if we, try to, if we try to use these powers, you know, the, these, these authority words or prayers, and we want to see miracles happen, but it's against God's will, and we're trying, to, we're trying to move things into place that's actually for our will and not for his, it can actually cross over into Christian witchcraft. In a sense, I'm not talking about like the religion of witchcraft, but the manipulation of things and trying to, trying to get things to happen by your own powers instead of by what God is initiating. You guys, you guys understand what I'm saying there? So 1 John 5, 14 through 15, it teaches, it says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Okay, so if you're praying according to his will, you got his ear. Like he, it moves him. When somebody's coming into agreement with the things that he cares about. Oh, you're praying something that's in my heart here. I'm listening. Well, you can trust that he's hearing you, okay? And it says, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So I need to find out what's in his heart, and then I need to choose to come into agreement with that. And then I'll pray into those things, and I can trust that he's listening to me and giving me his full attention. And, and as I trust that he's hearing me, I can trust that it's his will. 
I just came into agreement with it. He will see it through. Come on. This is powerful because we get to learn how to actually see prayers get answered. Okay? Let me also throw this caveat out there. That, that sometimes when we, we want to do something or pray for things or declare things um, to see God move on it, like if we're not careful about praying things that's your will that might violate somebody else's will and it has to do with them, you're messing with things that's outside of your, your terrain there, okay? Because we don't want to violate other people's will. So the best thing to do is find how you can pray God's will for people, and not try to bend it for ourselves. Does that make sense? I want to share a quick testimony um, before Jessica and I, actually, I don't remember if it was before we got married or soon after we got married, but I, I had a job in Nashville, Tennessee, and I, I, was a, I did data stuff for healthcare, and I was on this team, and the manager of my team um, was a lady who, she, she was a Christian lady, and, but I felt like she had her favorites on the team, and I was definitely not one of them. And uh, as a matter of fact, I thought everybody else was her favorite except me. I, I was on the bottom of the totem pole in, in that, and everybody else was like equally right above me, or maybe way above me. <laughs> but anyway, um, I, I've, I just felt like she kind of had it out for me. Um, I was trying my hardest. I was trying to learn how to do better with my job and putting my, my all into it and stuff. And, but I just felt like there was this rub with her and she would, she would demean me and, and treat me bad. And I felt like she had it out for me. And I felt like she was looking for a way that she could try to get me fired. It's kind of how it felt. How many of you guys know that's a pretty warm and cozy feeling, right? <laughs> yeah. So, but, but I, it was burdening to me. And uh, knowing that she's a Christian, it, it kind of, also felt a little hypocritical and stuff to me as well. And so, but I remember, I remember one evening going home um, burdened by how I felt at work and stuff, and, and I felt the Lord lead me to pray for her. And so I, I, I went into my prayer closet and started praying for her. Um, and and he, he needed me to start off actually releasing forgiveness to her. Whew, Really? I thought I was here because I'm praying for me and she's treating me bad. No, you need to forgive her. And the Lord like moved in my heart to to get to a place where I could literally release forgiveness to her and actually care for her heart, even though it, despite how she was treating me, to care for her because God cares for her. So I started being able to pray for her like that, and I and He led me to start praying blessings on her. And to, and to move her heart, not, not out of a, a selfish ambition, but for the Lord to move her heart to show her areas where she's not experiencing the love and grace of Christ that she could be that's blocking blessing on her. So I, so I started praying that the Lord would move her to conviction to repent of the, of the ways that she was treating people, treating me. But I wasn't doing it for me. That's the thing I had to get and shifted. I, in my prayer time, I had to get it shifted away from this is about me to this is about her. Okay? For, f- this is for her, not for me. Does that make sense? And so, 
And I was able to release that. Um, and, and the Lord, I was praying for her to soften her heart and, and, and for her to be able to, to become blessable. Sometimes we block God's blessings because of a bad heart, right? But the, praying for her to soften and become blessable so God could bless her life. And, uh, and then I released it to the Lord. And, and then I, I did pray for me, um, for the Lord to preserve my job and give me favor and to bless it. Um, but that was kind of something, I wasn't violating her will because God can do that with or without her. Amen? All right. Anyway, um, I, I did that and I released it to the Lord. And then the next day, guess what? She started treating me like I was her friend. She started treating me like a friend. She started giving me the same respect and honor that she was giving everybody else. And she even would start asking me questions about my, the church I go to and, and my calling and stuff like that. Like she started literally showing me genuine interest. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. And she, she even at some point um, put in for me to get a raise. And from there, the Lord blessed me with a promotion to another department and, and got a, another great raise. But it was just amazing how the Lord moved on my behalf, but I, I had to position my heart to be able to release forgiveness to her and then pray for her according to his will. And, there was, and, and I did it believing he's actually going to show up and move. Next day, she started changing. It was it was crazy. I, I just want to tell you guys, like, God wants to move, but we gotta, we got to connect with where his heart is in the matter. Amen? So Jesus said, um, let me go back up to the verse there. He said, whoever, whoever says this mountain be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done. I want to talk about does not doubt in his heart, but believes, all right? People get hung up on this stuff, big time. People get hung up. Do I have enough faith? Do I have doubt? And, and start going on this belly hunting, like navel gazing, internal witch hunt. Do I've got doubt in there? Is that, is that my problem? Do I have enough faith? And I, I, wanna, I just want to respond to that. Because Jesus um, said in, in Luke 17, 6, he said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, how big is a mustard seed? Do you think he's trying to say your faith isn't big enough to move me? No. He's saying if you have faith, even if it's this little, okay, that you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and plant in the seed, and it, and it, and it would obey you. Planted in the sea, not seat, sea. It will obey you. So he's like, you know, if you're worried, do I have enough faith? Mustard seed, that'll get it. Is anybody happy? Or? I'm trying to encourage you right now. And then, and then some people will be like, if I have faith, but I might still have some doubt, will my doubt stop God? Has anybody ever wrestled with any of this stuff? Come on. I want to speak to this. There's a man who had a possessed son. Okay? 
and his disciples couldn't cast him out, and Jesus shows up. What's the problem? He finds out what the problem is. And then in verse, uh, sorry, Mark 9, 23 through 24, uh, Jesus said to that man, he said, if you can believe all things, everybody say, all things, all things. are possible for him who believes. All right, so this guy, like Jesus is just saying, will you believe? You, you need me to show up. You need God to show up and deliver your son. Can you believe? Because if you can believe, all things are possible for him who believes. Come on. You guys need to say this again. All things are possible to him who believes. All right, so if you can believe, all things can be possible for you. <laughs> but what about if I have some doubt? Well, that's exactly what this guy said to him. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Legitimate prayer. Help my unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief. Okay? How did Jesus respond? Well, he sat down, he started processing through all his doubts and working through until they could squeeze out every last ounce of the doubt that he had. And then he started going into a counseling session just to try to navigate doubt in there, just to see if we can get it out of there. Did he do that? No. Did Jesus have an altar call for him to repent of his doubt? No. No, he didn't. Did he reason with him to get more faith? <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. As a matter of fact, Jesus never even responded to him about his doubt. Okay? The guy said, I have faith, I believe, but help me with my doubt. And how did Jesus respond to him when he's asking him to help him with his doubt? Well, he didn't take him through some big process to, to get him to the place where he doesn't have any more doubt. What did he do? He set his son free right there in front of his face. Come on. Jesus didn't see his doubt as an obstacle that would hold him back from showing up and doing what he was there to do. Okay, Jesus came so that he could set the captives free. He was not worried about that the, the, that man might have had a little doubt in there. He saw faith in him, and so he showed up to his faith. Come on. I'm trying to make this easier for you guys. Jesus is trying to make this easier for you. All right? How did Jesus deal with the man's doubt? His, his prayer request was, help me with my doubt. All right? So how did he help him with his doubt? Well, he, he delivered a son. He did the thing that the man needed, and he didn't even address his doubt. He just knew that if I deliver a son, there's going to be no more doubt anymore. <laughs> so he didn't focus on the problem. He brought the solution. good message. I'm listening to this message. It's pretty good. My faith is getting stirred right now. I want to, when Jesus said, all right, in our main passage here, Jesus said, 
Um, if he believes that, if he believes, and he has no doubt in his heart, right? So he speci- he actually is addressing the doubt issue and the belief issue. But I think that sometimes we focus on it in the wrong lens. Okay. And I want to try to help us with this. I want to remind us that every single one of us is a person who's made up of spirit, soul, and body. Okay? Spirit, soul, body. Your spirit is where Jesus breathed the life into you and made you born again if you've received Christ. Okay? Born again of the spirit. Okay? That's who you are. And your soul is your mind and your, your will, your emotions, the stuff that you process things with. That's your soul, and you live inside this body. So your body is not who you are. It's just your, your tent that you live in, okay? But the soul is your processing, but that's not even the core of who you are. Your spirit is the core of who you are. And so when Jesus said, um, whoever believes and has no doubt in his heart, okay, and we get freaked out, like, do I have doubt or do I believe? Is my doubt overweighing my belief? Well, guess what? I want to speak to this because uh, we, we need to stop worrying about this, first of all. Um, you might have doubts in your mind, but that doesn't mean that you have doubt in your heart. Okay? Because your spirit is in union with Jesus. If you've been born again, your spirit is in union with Jesus Christ and you have intimacy with him, you're connected with him, and you, your spirit has full access to the wholeness of God. Okay, So your spirit has been made in the image of Christ, renewed, and so you can believe in your spirit and still function from your mind in a different way. Okay? So Jesus is trying to get us out of our mind into our hearts. So most fear, most doubt, most belief is actually coming from this place right here. And so God actually taught us through his word that we need to renew our minds. We, we, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. So we need to get our minds, our thought processes in submission to the spirit and into the word of truth. All right, so the issue at hand is not do you have doubts in your head, it's can your heart still believe? (laughs) Trying to make this easier, all right? I'm trying to encourage you that even if you're, even if you have thoughts that might not feel like faith, get out of your head. (laughs) We need to get out of our head. And get into our heart. Okay? Now listen, you you do need to use your brain sometimes. So I'm not saying don't use your brain. Okay? But when it comes to the kingdom of God, and it comes to faith, it comes to the spirit realm, that comes from the spirit. So faith, if you have unbelief in your mind, you just need to go to your heart, to your spirit, and and connect your faith and, and, and be able to... This is what helps me. If I'm doubting something, I'll, I'll, try to, I'll try to just get out of my head and I'll try to connect to God from my spirit, from my heart, and, and I'll, I'll try to just encounter him, come into his truth, and then that helps my mind say, oh yeah, yeah, this stuff that I'm thinking or feeling right now, this is not truth, and then it can, it can bring my mind and my soul into it, 
And it's like, oh, yeah, I do believe. Okay? I, I do believe. I, I do think that God, I do believe that God can show up. I, I'm not feeling it, but, but the world, I want to tell you, the, wor- the spirit of the world and the devil and the cares of life will try to do everything it can to keep you in the mind realm, distracted from the things of God. Okay? It'll, it'll try to do everything it can to keep your focus out of the spirit into the realm, distracted from the place where you can have faith that moves God. So that's why we have to be responsible to, to make sure we're spending time in his presence and spending time in his word and, and, and focusing in our focus so that we can access his spirit realm. So we need to get out of our heads when it comes to this, all right? Stop worrying about if you doubt. All right, fear comes from the devil. So if you fear that you doubt, you're already functioning in the wrong place, okay? Heart, shift from your head to your heart. That's where faith flows from. Come on, Jesse! (laughs) Hey, listen. These are the keys of the kingdom. I toil in prayer closet to give you guys this stuff. I'm not joking. I, I hope that I'm delivering something to you that you're literally, that you're receiving by faith. Come on. I hope so. Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There's, there's the outward confession of what you believe from your heart, that's what moves God and changes things. Come on. Amen. All right, verse 24. Therefore I say to you, I'm about to tell you guys something powerful right now. Position yourselves. Come on. Get, get, get on the edge of your... Come on. Verse 24. Therefore... I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. All right? I want to I take note for a moment. The context of all this goes back to Jesus cursing the tree, and it withered up, and it actually happened, and Jesus said, have faith in God, right? So everything happened after that is a demonstration of this. And he's saying that whatever things you ask when you pray, b- believe you receive them, you will have them. And I don't believe that, that Jesus was trying to give us a demonstration with that fig tree, teaching you this is how a Christian can curse things. All right? That's not his goal here. His goal is not teach you how to be a, a powerful cursor. <laughs> Jesus was not a magician with a temper tantrum. Oh, you didn't bear me a fig. It's winter time and you're not supposed to, but curse you. He wasn't doing it just because he's a temper tantrum magician, right? He's trying to teach us something, and there might be some other types of lessons he had in this, but the one when it comes to the faith and the believing and the prayer, it's because he's showing us a literal 
tangible example of him doing something in faith without doubt in his heart that it actually works. All right, he's trying to show us the power that's in this. He demonstrated it, okay? So Jesus only did what he saw his father doing. So he actually was following the will of his father when he spoke that to that tree. All right? So I want to I go back to this. It says, believe that you receive them and you will have them. If you're reading your Bible, you'll probably notice if you look at it that the words them is in italics. Okay? You believe that you receive them, italics, and you will have them, italics. And, and you may know this, but when you see italics in the Bible, <coughs> excuse me, Lord, I believe I won't cough ever again. <coughs> oh, I didn't have enough faith. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the italics actually means that that word was not in the original Greek language. So you could, it, it still makes sense in there. It helps us to make sense of the sentence flow. But, but you could actually remove it, and it's going, to still, it's going to retain the actual meaning, okay? So if you take the words them out, it says, believe that you receive and you will have. All right? Believe that you receive and you will have. Say that with me. Believe that you receive and you will have. Come on. One person followed me on the come on, thanks. All right. That, that word receive in the, Greek, in the Greek is lambano. It's a powerful word, lambano. And it doesn't just mean to have something given to you. It actually means to reach out and apprehend something, to reach out and grab something that you need to take it for yourself. You need to seize this thing and bring it to yourself. Lambano, all right? So it's an active engaging of faith. It's an apprehending. So it's not just simply saying, oh, Lord, I believe that you heal, and maybe you will one day. That's, that is so passive. Like, it's a good starting point that you believe you can. <laughs> but, like, this is saying Lambano, that you actually reach out, and you're actively taking hold of that thing and bringing it to yourself. Laying hold of it. Come on. And then that word have is the Greek word eimi. And it means to be, to exist, to happen. And it also is the same word as am, like I am. Okay? So that word you will have is eimi. The same as when Jesus said, I am, all right? When Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. He was, and he's quoting in Exodus when Moses was asking God, what am I gonna, who am I going to tell him that you are? And he said, I am that I am. I am that I am. God is the all-encompassing of everything, God, holy and right, okay? The fulfillment of all things. It's him, I am that I am, all right? I, I'm not, I was, and I'm not, I will be someday when you get lucky. I am. You guys thinking about Shoney's right now, or are we pressing in? Okay, I am, all right? It's the same word, okay? That word is aimi. When Jesus said, I am, it's aimi. And so it's that same word, believe that you lambano, 
that you apprehend or you receive intentionally, okay? And you will, aimi, you will have or you will be, you will exist, okay? This is, follow me, I'm almost there. God wants us to be as sure in him showing up as he is sure in who he is. God wants you to be as sure that he will show up as he is sure in who he is. Believe that you receive and you will exist with the manifestation of all you believed for. Remember that word, aimi, where it says you will, you will have, right? It means to exist. So it's, it's believing that you're grabbing a hold of what you're believing for and you're pulling it in, that it's accessing the flow. It's expectant faith that this actually is coming to me right now. I'm laying a hold of this thing and I'm going to keep believing it and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe that I will exist with the manifestation of that thing I've been laying hold of. So another way that this could be said is whatever things you ask when you pray, believing or believe that you are apprehending and it will exist with you. Come on. I'm t- listen, listen, we pray for things and, and, and we might not see the results that we're praying for right now, okay? And we need to know if we're praying things that are his will, he's already provided it. It's already in store. If it's according to his will, it's already in store in heaven. It is finished, Jesus said. It's already ready in place. He doesn't have to work hard up there to whip it all up, stressing over getting your answer together and and maybe running out of his funds while he's at it. No, he's he's already paid the price. He's already finished it all, everything that he's promised in his word. It's already done in heaven, and we just need to see it manifested in our lives on this earth. And so faith, he's saying, he says, don't, don't doubt in your, in your heart. Okay, don't get condemned if you are having a hard time believing. That's just in your head. Okay? Don't stay in that realm. Connect with God from the heart level. Connect with him with intimacy and, and meditate on him and, and understand him in the secret place, pressing in, knowing who he is, and, and discovering his nature and the way his heart flows on the situation. You, maybe you've been praying it the wrong way because you thought you knew how he wanted to do it, and you need to adjust because he shows you, well, I get the heart of what you're saying, but this is actually how I, this is the, really the way I need to do it. Like that day I went and prayed for my manager at home, I probably went into that prayer time saying, Lord, Changer and give me justice. That's probably how my heart attitude was in it, but I had to posture myself humbly before the Lord and say, Lord, how do you see this? How, how do you see her? How, what do I need to do with my heart? And I had to start releasing things and letting go of the way I thought things needed to work itself out and release it to Him and then come into agreement, Lord. Oh, you're asking me to actually pray blessings (laughs) on that woman that's treating me bad and trying to get me fired? You want me to bless that woman? You have to let go. 
But when you reposition yourself into the way that he flows, then you can step into his, the way that he does it, okay? Get into his heart flow. When you do that, you actually enter into the grace that he's trying to release. Then you start praying in agreement with him, and you can believe that what you're praying that you know is in his heart, I'm going to lay hold of that thing, and I'm not going to let go of it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lock onto that thing like a, like a pit bull, not let go of it. Because now I know his heart, and, I've, and I'm adjusting myself in submission to his ways, getting in the flow of his heart and, and of heaven, and now I can start praying and believing he's going to show up. It may not be today, okay? It might not be tomorrow, but he, he said... Um, where's that at? He said, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Will have them is not past tense. It's not even present tense. It's future tense, okay? You will have this thing if right now you lay hold of it the way that it's going to move heaven into it. Okay, so if you're not seeing it now, doesn't mean you're not going to see it. He goes on, I'm almost about to wrap up, I promise. Okay, I could keep going, and I probably will next week. <laughs> but verse 25, he flows right from that, and he says, And whenever you stand praying, anything you pray, anything you pray, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, right? So we've got to make sure, like, like unforgiveness actually blocks the flow of heaven. <laughs> a clear heart is a clear passage. A clear heart is a clear passage. So when we can get our heart clear and let go of things and release things that we need to, you actually can come into alignment with the flow of God. But he says, he says, whenever you stand praying, he doesn't mean you shouldn't be sitting down praying. Okay, that word stand praying is the same Greek word, it's the same Greek root word as when it tells us to put on the full armor of God and standing against the wiles of the enemy. Stand, it's, it means anchoring down and persevering and pushing yourself in. Don't let anything make you waver. When you stand anchored and unwavering, praying for this thing. Sometimes we'll say a prayer, and we don't see the result, and we just give up and move on. But he said, you will receive them. He didn't say when, okay? But you gotta, you got to lambano this thing and keep going after it. Is anybody encouraged right now? Come on. Let me, let me close with this. Um, all right, say this again with me. Believing is receiving. receiving. So that doesn't just mean I believe that he's going to land it on me. Believing is actively intaking. Okay? It it means I'm, I'm actively believing right now that the flow of heaven is coming into me right now, into this situation. Even if I don't see the result yet in the natural, I've got to continue believing. This thing is flowing and I'm taking it in, I'm taking it in, I'm believing, I'm releasing it onto the situation, all right? 
It's from the stance of prayer, praying and believing, connecting with him and trusting you receiving. It's from that place that you can speak to the thing and trust that it's going to be moved. Okay? Starts in the spirit, this connection of spirit to God and then declaring it into the earth, confessing it, decreeing it, whatever you got to do. But listen here. Let your faith be an intentional and focused experience of you reaching out and touching God, encountering his nature through his love, and actively receiving what you believe are the promises he has provided for you with expectation that you will see results in due time, not giving up. You guys should go ahead and repeat that whole thing I just said now. That was long. There's a lot more to say, and uh, I'll keep you here another hour, but I'm just kidding. Um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close out here in a moment. I, I want to take a moment, though, and, and uh, lead us in something. If you, guys, if you guys are able to stand with me. I don't want to just teach this and not do something to get you active with it. So let's just do something for a minute, okay? Why don't you, why don't you take a moment, you can close your eyes, and, and look, look into the face of the Lord right now. One, one that's real easy, I think, for us to... For us to respond to with this is is simply believing believing for God to come and just touch you we have a lot of things we need breakthroughs in we're gonna be going after all that stuff which I'm excited we're gonna have so many testimonies in the weeks ahead of us I don't even know if I'll be able to preach sometimes because of it oh you don't want me to preach Sheldon no I'm just joking all right just if, if you if you want God to touch you, like let's just practice this for a minute. Why don't you just look into his face and, and just ask him, God touch me. And then and then practice right now, practice believing that you are receiving. Not believing this will happen to me someday in the right time. Believe right now that he's touching you. And just let him do it. Just take a moment. Just let him come and touch you right now. Sometimes we don't experience him because we just stay in the head. Believe, don't worry about your any head mind doubts, just with your heart. Let him touch you right now. And while we're all receiving with our even with our eyes closed, like I also want to say this. I quoted this verse earlier out of Romans. It says, whoever confesses with his mouth and believes in his heart that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. And, I mean, to be honest, I don't, I don't know if everybody in the room is even saved right now. And, I mean, there's nothing better to believe for receiving than that. 
or, or there could be people who maybe are saved, but maybe falling away from the Lord and coming back to him too. And I want us all just receiving a touch from him right now, okay? But, but in the meantime, I just don't want to miss this opportunity that if there's anybody who you just know I need to receive the salvation of Christ right now because you're not sure if you have it. Everybody's eyes are closed. If you'd, if you'd raise your hand, if you want that, and the Lord is good. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's, yeah, that's good. All right, Lord, I, I pray, pray for you to touch everybody right now. And, and I ask you just to baptize everybody fresh in your presence and your spirit. In the name of Jesus. Just a touch from heaven. I pray you'll unlock faith. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'll help these things I'm trying to teach today to go deep in everybody's hearts. Lord, just to unlock faith. Why don't you guys repeat this with me real quick? Faith is easy. I can believe God. If I know it's in his will, it's easy to believe it. And I know he wants to do it. So I choose to grow in my receiving. To become more active in receiving. Believing is receiving. And I'm receiving something even right now. I have expectations that I have something tangibly being delivered to me that'll change my life. In Jesus' name, amen.